This is Race Capital with Chelsea Higgs Wise, where we interrogate racial narratives in our place, space, and time of Richmond, Virginia, the former capital of the Confederacy. I'm from the surfacing on social media today, putting the spotlight once again on his controversial stop and frisk policing policy when he was mayor of New York. Honored guests, Democratic candidate for president and former mayor of New York City, Mike Bloomberg. I don't even know how I got over there. I just remember standing, I just remember getting there. I remember feeling the paper, grabbing the paper out of that gold bag, mm -hmm. feeling it to wrap under my jacket and I made the decision. I just, yeah, I just followed the steps after that. This week on the show, I'm inviting you to be a fly on the wall during a conversation with me and two of my best girlfriends that also happen to be black femme organizers here in Virginia. We're all sitting to chat after a wild 24 hours since my girl and Richmond for All co-founder Jasmine Leeward disrupted Mike Bloomberg's speech the night before. The video of Jasmine posting a giant sticky note on the Virginia Dems podium was slowly approaching a million views. We had officially gone viral. Jasmine and I agreed that we should record our debrief. And the truth is we record just about everything, but we wanted this to be fresh as our organizing efforts were moving fast. In fact, it hadn't been a week since Richmond for All led the fight to stop the Stony Farrell Arena proposal, and now Richmond for All was trending nationally. As important as this work is to do, we also know that we have to archive our stories and leave our descendants a roadmap for their future work. Jasmine had one request about the recording and the debrief about her brave moment in front of the 1500 Dims the night before. She wanted Jewel Jordan to be with us. You see, I've witnessed how Jewel has inspired Jasmine in the last few weeks to lead us in the moments of shifting the narrative in our current place, space, and time. So when she needed Jewel to be there, I knew that this would be a special conversation for us personally, but also for us to share with you all. Jasmine, Jewel, and myself are ride-or-die girlfriends, so the conversation you're about to listen in on was initially recorded without Jewel nor Jasmine's consent, so parts have been cut and names changed to protect the innocent. Or not so innocent. Throughout the conversation, I gained the consent of my friends, but if the sound quality is a bit inconsistent, just know it's the sacrifice of joining a uniquely timed gathering between me and some of the best movement leaders here in the city. I ask that you open your mind as Jasmine Leeward guides us through her experience in the first two months of 2020 that have already begun to shape the racial and political narrative of the Commonwealth. This is our story, our form of media justice, and this is the Black woman's work. January 20th was like the last week I had before like going back to like consistent working and I kind of just was like really sad at the state of things and both like in month 13 of this like Coliseum fight. Jewel is the director of Brown Virginia and groups like them who are accountable to black communities have always used Martin Luther King Day holiday not for a day off but for a day on of action 
Another consistent presence on Martin Luther King Day are some Second Amendment advocacy groups like Virginia Citizen Defense League, or VCDL, and this year the group organized nationally. They were expecting tens of thousands of heavily armed people to swarm Virginia's Capitol Square. Reflecting on Virginia's past with right-wing groups who also associate heavily with hating and oppressing black people, many Virginians began to get worried with the amount of white armed militia in such a politically charged environment. Advocacy groups led by black leaders and leaders of color began to cancel and reschedule their lobby days to decrease the worry of intimidation, microaggressions, and all-out blatant racism that could also spark extreme violence. I was trying to pull together a contingent of people to like go with the um, New Virginia majority group since mm-hmm. they were like the last one standing. Right. Because I was like, there's no, absolutely no way we can just do nothing. Mm-hmm. There's no way we can do nothing. And I remember being torn up um, reading Monica's post. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I remember I didn't even have the. I didn't even have the sound on and I know like Elena was speaking in Spanish to people like letting them know that um the event was canceled mm-hmm. and you could just I could just see the pain in her eyes of having to disappoint her people mm-hmm. and it really hurt to look at that and um then you know I was reading your post um on Twitter mm-hmm. Throughout January, Jewel was expressing her frustration with the Virginia administration protecting the conservative gun culture and how it translates to erasing black Virginians and our issues on Martin Luther King Day. Uh, It was just like blow after blow of just seeing like these people with these guns, like ruining like one of the only moments of hope black women really, really, really have in this state and in this city um to like feel empowered as like a unit yeah um in the political arena and you know just like with you know politics is life so um it just really hurt to see like everyone uh and like the response that the government had and that ralph northam had um, while, you know, it was important that, you know, people stay safe at the Capitol, I think it was reckless a little bit the mm-hmm. way he went about it and the way he kind mm-hmm. of set the situation up for them to be like, you know, oh, look, we're just the innocent ones mm-hmm. while they have snipers mm-hmm. pointed at us. Right. The only people who get to see the snipers are the people who, who mm-hmm. they're pointed at. This Martin Luther King Day, gun rights supporters were preparing to descend on Richmond for a lobbying day and a rally to oppose efforts by Virginia Democrats legislating gun control. There was an increased presence of law enforcement due to the January 15th report from the governor that out-of-state militia groups and hate groups plan to travel across the country to disrupt democratic process with acts of violence, he said, and they are coming to intimidate and to cause us harm. Northam and the administration decided the best response to these threats that intimidated his black and brown Virginia constituents by making space for the militia and recommended to everyone else to stay away from the Capitol. We were not welcomed. And on Martin Luther King Day, the gun militia was the guest of honor. Mallory No Pain called me 
that morning after I had seen all the posts and after I had kind of seen, you know, your your tweets about, you know, just being really disappointed and hurt mm-hmm. by um, the way things are being handled on such an important day for us. And um, Mallory called me and asked if I knew anybody that she should speak to. Mallory Nopain is a reporter with Virginia Public Radio and had also been following the conversations on social media about groups that were canceling their plans for MLK Day. And I just knew I wanted to have at least some, some like black woman's voice Mm -hmm. to offer her because I knew that's what she was actually intending on. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like I really respect her for that because she could have, you know, (laughs) chosen anybody Mm -hmm. to ask who would have given her anybody, you know. Um, so then I had that's when I had tweet uh, DM'd you and yeah. asked you if you could talk to her mm-hmm. I just really thought it was important that you have a platform to really share how this is really impacting us mm-hmm. and in a way that was really honest and I did not expect you to cry <laughs> um, and I remember you messaging me and telling me, girl, I was crying on the phone <laughs> and I was like, girl, you deserve to cry because this hurts. Jewel Jordan is director of Brown, Virginia. The nonpartisan group brings folks from across the state to meet with lawmakers and learn about how state government works. Late Thursday, because of the threat of violence, they decided to cancel their annual event. Because we didn't want the children that attend and the young teenagers to uh, witness trauma. We didn't want them to have to walk across and walk beside men with guns that were there to intimidate them. (laughs) To intimidate them, we didn't want that. Jordan says she isn't afraid, but she is hurt that a group like hers has to cancel, while others are encouraged to be there, just not with guns. And so to cancel it on Martin Luther King Day, a man who is so important to my culture, who stood fast, and was so brave. It's upsetting, it's upsetting, it's upsetting. It's obvious to us as black women organizers that white women advocates have an open invite for their watery eyes to be entitled in a variety of public spaces, including, not limited to, feeling okay to spilling those white lady tears of fragility on the shoulders of black women. Representation in the media for black women isn't just about seeing our sheroes. It's also about reflecting our tears outside of some commercialized trauma white society has now found palatable. I remember that um, a few weeks or days prior even in the Pocahontas building right after they won the ERA and this woman I did not know coming up to me crying and hugging me in like my personal space mm-hmm. without consent and it's like mm-hmm. you're doing it right now you don't mm-hmm. even know it mm-hmm. and I remember that moment and like seeing her tears and like just wondering really where what, what the root of it is mm-hmm. and I couldn't put my finger on it and then um, you know I later on I just was like I don't know I really wasn't preparing myself or expecting anything um, in particular, I just wanted to hear what you had to say. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing you crying. And it really struck me in a way that I hadn't 
been struck by hearing somebody cry before and I realized that it was a really alternate experience for me because anytime I hear black women crying on the radio or on TV it's because somebody's been shot or killed or mm-hmm. somebody's child is gone or missing and you know I just really found courage in the fact that that wasn't the case this time like we were still hurting but nobody was dead yet mm-hmm. And so that's why I think I really, after hearing that, made the resolve to um, be surrounded by thousands of white men with loaded guns. Uh, Yeah, it kind of hurt to see that. And I was really, I was with Chelsea a lot of that time. And I was like, you know, is Jewel going? I'll go with her. I was just, I just knew I had to at least be out there if we couldn't like organize or protest. Cause I remember at first I was asking Chelsea, like, can we take a group of people to the burial ground and just kind of sit there? Mm-hmm. And we actually went down there that day to scope it out, but it was like we looked up and we mm-hmm. just saw the bridge of where they would be walking with their guns. And that's like a traumatic experience where you don't want to have that connected to the burial ground. Mm-hmm. At least I was, that's why I was like feeling like, and so we like, like dropped that idea. I was like, well, maybe we can just rally outside of the Kennedy Wiley statue because, you know, it's far away from mm-hmm. the downtown. And she was like, you know, we thought about it. And we like, it's right beside the Daughters of the Confederacy. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're all one and the same. And so, you know, we were really concerned about people's safety. Mm-hmm. But I also knew in my heart that there was just no way I could do nothing. Right. And so then I was like, all right. Maybe I can call Brian Palmer. I know Brian like documents stuff about new Confederates, and maybe I can just go with him, and he'll let me shadow him. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking about it, and I was kind of hesitant to reach out when he texted me, "Hey, are you gonna be out there tomorrow?" And then I like was ner. I I think at first I'm like, shouldn't I be scared? There was a lot of people who had kind of said, "Nah, this is different," because the NRA rallies on Martin Luther King Jr. Day every year. Right. And I did take it personal because it's also like. You know, my birthday every year is, like, January. So, like, I really associate this moment of, like, really community as a part of how I celebrate my birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I like, asked, I was like, Chelsea, is Jewel going? Is Jewel going? And she, like, kind of finally told me, no, mm-hmm. she's not. And that's when, I think at that moment is when I was just, like, really crushed because I was like I don't feel right going out there like by myself Mm -hmm. and okay and so this at this point is when uh, Brian texted me and I was like all right I'll do it and then I kind of told some people Mm -hmm. I told Kristen I told you um I didn't really tell anybody else I took all my photos off my Instagram um and I slept at Chelsea's house I woke up early in the morning because Brian said he'd be there at seven Mm -hmm. I got there, I think, more by 8.39. I definitely carried carried you out there with me because I felt like you deserved to be out there. And I didn't want it to be taken from you. <laughs> and so I think, um, you know, Brian took some photos of me. And I was talking to my friend Dorian about it because uh, I've been struggling with really figuring out how to write about it because I didn't really feel present in the moment when I was there. Mm-hmm. And uh, she told me, uh, you know, I kept like talking to her about it and she kind of just kept pressuring me to like really dig deeper because she said what well, this can't be is just some story about a girl who wanted a viral Instagram photo. Mm-hmm. And um, I agreed and that mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, it at all. Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of without any context would be portrayed as that. Mm-hmm. 
um, and as if it was like my first resort, but it was actually mm-hmm. like my last resort, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't want to be out there. Mm-hmm. Um, we had tried many things. Uh, we had no support from the governor right. <laughs> to uh, make a safe space for us, mm-hmm. like was ushered out for those um, mm-hmm. militias. Right. Uh, and I don't know what people's definition of a militia is, but uh, my definition um, mm-hmm. lines up with what I saw in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was a mix of rich white men being protected by men with guns mm-hmm. and uh, their wives as well, um, who have po- politics of their own mm-hmm. that align with their husbands because they're out there. They could have, you know, mm-hmm. made another choice, I believe. Some maybe couldn't, but we're not going to. Go down that rabbit hole. Um, so, yes. That um, I just want to thank you for your, your modeling bravery and what courage looks like um, and prioritizing the truth and honesty, even when it's very inconvenient and even when harm is given back to you just for telling the truth. And I uh, cannot protect you from that, but what I can do is uh, step in the gap when when you you know, when you need me and vice versa, I know, because you've done it before and I want to thank you for that. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I did not know you went out there. Oh. Oh. How did I not even know that you went out there? Oh. Shut up. I didn't know you out there. You cannot... That means the world to me, what you just said. Aww. It really, really does. Like, it can let, may I hug you, yes, please? Yes, <laughs> You see how she modeled that consent, bro? <laughs> yes, you did it. Thank you so much. No, you're, mm. that means a lot. Like, I just admire y'all. And y'all are out here, like, breaking it down out here. I don't know you physically. Because I'm just tired all the time. I was just... Pissed. I was so pissed. Can you talk more about why you were upset? Yeah, you know why? Because not once, and they knew I booked that room June 2019. Yep. They knew we were going to come. Not once the Capitol Police or Brian Moran reached out to me as the Secretary of Public Safety, the head of Virginia State Police. The one of the one. The top cop. The top, yeah, the top cop. Not once did they inbox me and say, hey, we aren't going to have means to protect you. Mm-hmm. And y'all need to make a move. Right. Or what they should have had was, the idea was like, how can we protect you? Right. Let's do this. Right. Not once. They were still confirming. And I think a part of it was, if they verbally told me, Jewel, y'all can't come because it's not safe. That's me being able to say, y'all shut me down um, for my rights to speak and have a public place because yeah. of them. Uh-huh. So they had the threat. And not, they literally kept, like, they would tell us how dangerous it was mm-hmm. to other people. Mm-hmm. But never say, cancel. Mm-hmm. We had mm-hmm. to make the call for mm-hmm. that. Yep. Uh, when I was out there, you know, it was wild because I saw um, people with armed guns talking to the police officers on duty asking them how they felt about it saying that they were former chesterfield police officers and that they were uh, glad to see them being protected and um you know 
I was telling to see what we can use police officers on. And they all thought I was there. Um, look, somebody said protect Jasmine at all costs on my Facebook. And I want to uh, double down on that. Um, they thought I was there because I agreed with their, um, the way they went about talking about the Second Amendment. Mm. Um, we are not aligned there. I heard people yelling at Delegate Hala Ayala mm. saying, I hope you're intimidated with like spit flying out of their mouths. Mm. Uh, sounding like, you know, some sort of pro wrestler mm. and then laughing about it. And, you know, it is a game to them, I think. Yeah. I think it's uh, very similar to the experience that people had when uh, black people humans were being lynched mm -hmm. families are being lynched mm -hmm. um and people had picnics around mm -hmm. them um very similar feeling um it was bizarre how people could be laughing in a time where you know they see that in a majority black city they have densely populated the entire block with whiteness with eight specks of pepper mm -hmm. you know me being one of them and most of them being journalists there are a lot of black journalists out there trying to capture this moment um, and I'm hoping that somebody will actually pay them to uh, have access to it instead of hiding history because it's so vital. Um, yeah, you know, excuse me, oh, pardon me. And even in the photos, they're like, oh, um, you know, oh, sorry, I'm in your picture. Um, and it was just bizarre to see how, you know, it really felt like I was on a war field. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It really felt like I was at war, you know, but I was, I didn't have a gun. I just had my black ass body. So I stood there with it and hopefully can do what I can with it. And I wasn't afraid. And I think that's what scares them the most. Right. And I don't know why I'm not. I have every reason to be. Right. I just don't really know where the fear is. Uh, and I thank God for not letting me feel it or else I couldn't do it, you know, so. I will try to do what I can from my home and my couch to at least give you the energy and whatever means you need to succeed and like so y'all voices will be out there because y'all are it. Y'all, do you get it? It really was a deal what you just did. You get it? <laughs> it was a big deal what you just did. You're listening to WRIRLP 97.3 FM, Richmond Independent Radio, and this is February 26, 2020 episode of Race Capital. I'm here with Jasmine Leewood of Richmond for All, as she shares her planning process to me and Jewel Jordan for the February 15th Blue Commonwealth Gala held by the Virginia Democrats. Our girl Jasmine plastered a giant post-it on the podium where Mike Bloomberg stood as he prepared to make the keynote speech. But this sticky note wasn't a message to him, but rather a message to the 1,500 Virginia Democrats in the room. And the giant post-it read, He protects racist systems. Will you? Stay tuned to hear about the planning, the anxiety, and the organizing that went into Jasmine's iconic Black History Month confrontation at Virginia Democrats' annual fundraiser. It's a big deal. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't It know. is. And rightfully so, because you are the one to carry that. You got it. Like, you, yeah, you were just being you. And that's what's, no, you were just being you. Man. I would like to get, make a toast. <laughs> clink, 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 Just clink, get clink, something. Clink. 
We are. <laughs> we are. Well, Saturday night, you did not look like you had any fear in your eyes. Yeah, I, I didn't. People asked me if I was afraid, and I was like, I should be, but I'm not, and that's the only reason I'm doing it. Because you can only trust your gut if you're not afraid. If you're afraid, then that's just a fake gut, you know? <laughs> so that's what I knew. You know, I told you I knew I had to do it. Um, and so once you know you have to, there wasn't really a lot of thinking mm-hmm. that had to go along with it. I just kind of, I heard his name. I was like, oh, this is it. I kind of just went into like autopilot. And mm-hmm. former mayor of New York City, Mike Bloomberg. And I just remember hearing my footsteps, and that's the only way I knew I would kept walking is because I could hear my steps. I didn't really feel myself like moving towards the stage. I don't even know how I got over there. I just remember standing. I just remember getting there. I remember feeling the paper, grabbing the paper out of that gold bag. How we doing? Feeling it to wrap under my jacket and like making sure I know like. Um, Ibrahim talked through me talked to me through kind of the process of like when you make the decision and when you start and I made the decision I just yeah I just followed the steps after that hello everyone how we doing we'll try that again I can't even see that far at both ends so I'm sure you're there, but uh, if I've learned anything tonight, it's that Virginia, Virginia Democrats know how to put on a party in party dinner. And I wanted to thank Chair Schwecker for inviting me here tonight. What about another round of applause? You passed me that bag, and I was like, because you, we were in conversation with someone else. Well, I was in conversation with someone else. And next thing you know, you just passed me this bag. And I see you bullet off. And I, I hear his name, too. And I was like, oh, it's happening. And that person I was in conversation with looks over. And I was like, oh, she got her wits about her. <laughs> and I said, yeah. looks like she does. And I ran, got my camera out, and tried to video the best I could. Because I was like, she's going to do this. I was so impressed. Like, that was, like, professional activism right there. That's like somebody has taken classes and, like, <laughs> it, like works. But you, I said, that's what you do. Like, that's when you train other people how to do organizations and acts and actions. That's it. So I think we talked to, we, I, we told Joel earlier that I saw you walk in the gala mm-hmm. and you're, you looked determined. Mm-hmm. And we met up in your, like, bathroom. Mm-hmm. Talk about what happened next. Um, okay. So just for some background, me and Chelsea are great partners because I'm mm-hmm. often like very distracted and like hard to like stay focused. Like I'm the I'm the like caramel sauce and she's like mm-hmm. the, the egg, the flour part of the dessert, okay? <laughs> So she keeps it together. Mm. And so for me to be, it was kind of like a role reversal a little bit because I was the one who was like, I have. (laughs) Yes, we will go to the bathroom. I know where it is. Yes, yes. So that's exactly what happened. That's that's exactly what happened. Um, I, uh, 
And so then we started walking to the bathroom. I had no idea. I was thinking we were going to have to go back the way that I came in. So we went over to the to the left of the back of the um, place. Um, and went down some stairs. And then we got stopped at the, at the stairs. They were like, <laughs> oh, no, you can't take your drink in the bathroom. And I'm like, that's sanitary thank you i guess i mean fine your rules that make sense right and so then um we were like what do we do and for a moment i was like all right well i wanted to drink anyway so let's go back up and get a drink and then chelsea i saw kind of like a tilt in your head a little bit i think and Mm -hmm. then i was like oh we can just drink it and then so you drink half and then i drank the other half so we bucked this we bucked the wine glass of wine yeah and chelsea was like can i just leave it we left it right there on them steps on the step. with the little monitors, volunteers. And so then we have about 20 more steps to get to the entrance of the bathroom. We walk in and there's sinks to the left. And before the stalls start, there's a janitor's closet that's cracked open on the right. I do, did I say closet or did I just walk into it? We just, you just walked in. <laughs> okay, so I walk into the janitor's closet. And I follow because this is what I'm doing. I'm following. That is my black women leave. <laughs> It's gotta stop. Okay. And so I see, I actually see the janitor in the bathroom. And so I'm like, we don't have mom. <laughs> I don't know why I thought this was a Oh, good I didn't idea. see the janitor. I did. She was right there. I look at Chelsea. Did I try to start talking or, and then I stopped? At that point, I think I might have started asking my questions. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Going into my Scorpio real role, uh, let me see. And you you pulled it out from from out of your bag, and I was like, "What are you gonna do? You're gonna hold it underneath of yeah." So I pull it out. Okay, so I pull it out. I was really this whole time I was looking for somebody. I called so many mentors. Mm-hmm. I called so many people looking for an out. Like I did not want right. to. I, I did mean, not want to do this. Okay, I really did. Didn't. Everybody's like, no. I said, do you think I yes. should do this? I left her at my house before I went, and she 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 was just not that confident focused person i saw at the gala an hour and a half later you know she was still calling people asking questions Mm -hmm. and everyone that i heard that was just like well just follow your gut it was no one was like don't do this i didn't hear anyone that said because at the end of the day she was like i i don't know what it is but i Mm -hmm. i need to do something just like with mlk day it was like i gotta do something we're in the closet and then um I remember pulling it out of my bag and I had rolled it up and like bent it in half because um, I didn't want it to get like creases in it. And so then I, I unravel it and Chelsea goes, yes, okay, okay. Because <laughs> I read it. I read okay. it and I was like, okay, this is our message. This is good. The sign um, said, he protects racist systems, Period. Will you? Question mark. Because I, that's the whole thing I kept saying. I was like, if I say something, I don't know what I'm going to say. Right. Like, I don't know. I know he needs to be interrupted. I know something mm-hmm. needs to be done. I know what the problem is, but I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, when I was at your house, you were like, okay, who do you want to talk to? You know? Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to talk to black elected officials at the state who call themselves progressive. Right. And people mm-hmm. largely who call themselves anti-racist. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I realized that actually I don't want to talk to Bloomberg at right. all. Yes, this is in conversation with him, but it is much bigger than him, mm-hmm. even though he's worth eighty two point eight billion. Billion dollars? Billion the eighth? How much do we pay for our navy? 
Uh, these are questions that, I mean, it's just, the when you told me that he was the eighth richest person in the world. According to Forbes. According to Forbes. <laughs> I was like, that is a different level of authority and right. resources right. and dictatorship. If we give him the political power, he has the financial power, he has the media power. Like, what? what isn't he running? But so you, I looked at it and was like, yes, yeah, this yes, is it. Yes, thank you. Back on track. You see how she's doing it in real time? Uh, so uh, she, I was like, Chelsea, do you think I should do this? Mm-hmm. And then I, I don't even, I can't even remember what you said. I just know the answer wasn't don't do it. <laughs> the next thing I remember is you saying, okay, you have 10 seconds. Are you rolling it up the right way so that when you unroll it, you'll be able to. Right. And then so she, and so then I practiced. Mm-hmm. And then I we both rolled it up really quick, and she was just staring at my eyes the entire time. It was just like kind of like robotic. And then she started counting, and then I took it out. Mm-hmm. And I started unrolling it three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and it was like eight and a half. It was. Yeah. And she was like, "You've got it." And then she rolled it back. She took it from me and rolled it back up and handed it to me. And then that's when the janitor busted in. And we were like, I was like, I'm sorry. I was just fixing my dress. Yeah. We're like, oh, sorry. We just needed the room, the space. We were talking about like if we had been in like a Walmart or something in the right. janitor's closet, they would have beat our asses, you know. <laughs> and that's where class comes into place when you are also black, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, yeah, we practice. And she, so it was... You had everything that you needed and you were ready. And we washed it, our hands. My elbow was ashy, child. It was so ashy. Oh my goodness. I took so one silly. shower and mm-hmm. I guess I forgot to, y'all. I know I shouldn't be saying this, but I really did forget my elbows. I forgot my elbows, y'all. I forgot my elbows. I'm sorry. Don't look at me. Y'all should see the look Chelsea is giving me right now. Did you see that? You were there, Chelsea, so I put I water. Know. I put water on my elbows. I knew it would last for it, and I got new because it's like Jasmine, you're an idiot. If, there's just if you no put reason. more water on your elbows, just... it's just gonna get ashy again. But child, I didn't know I was go time within the next five minutes. That I just, was. you know, when I was, no. I just didn't know. You just have to be prepared because that can turn into a Jasmine's elbows ashy uh, Twitter dragon very quickly. Okay. No, no, no. That'd be something. Well, that is just that's America. That's typical. Of you know, that. and yeah. it's just I couldn't I couldn't risk yeah. it. But I so, do I do appreciate what you said, Jewel, about yeah. like action, direct action training, because it is a thing, right? Yeah, and there are is. many things that we learned from this that mm-hmm. we'll take note on as well, and doing that we could do better and yeah. and things. So it but it is a real thing of hey, you all, this was planned. She consulted. Yeah, like, we are. We do lots of direct actions mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So this, we're not totally foreign right. to this. So, so by this time, you realize I've been recording, Jewel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know so. what? <laughs> All right. Um, she. Yeah. So I love I just, my friend. <laughs> and Jasmine picked up on it early. Um, but yeah. So, what about Bloomberg makes him so bad? Right. Like sometimes, some. Mm-hmm. I was talking to my Uber driver the other day. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm from New York, right. and y'all people in Virginia must not know Bloomberg right. because the Bloomberg I know, I would mm-hmm. never invite him anywhere. He was right. like, I can't believe people want him to be president. He was like, he is a Trump, mm-hmm. and he was like, and we had both, like right. we know Trump and we know Bloomberg, right. <laughs> and he was like, so they're one of the two. And so I want to ask, you know, what in your mind, what makes Bloomberg so bad? You know, I'm, I'm, 
talked to people last night and I said, I wonder if people are equating stop and frisk as if it happened in the 80s, if it happened in the 90s, if they're not picking up on, no, this is in 2002 where this came into play. Mm -hmm. If you're doing purpose, purposeful racist policy in 2002, you're racist. And yeah. so this is on like, yeah. and that's crazy to me right. that this policy that was like targeting and terrorizing black and brown people specifically men and um, black boys and how we are now supposed to embrace this guy that tortured our sons and our mm, fathers tortured our sons and our fathers they're still incarcerated this is the thing right like right Right, right now they're incarcerated. Like while mm. you're listening to me speaking, there is people who are looking at their 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 entire existence through metal bars, mm -hmm. day in and day out. Yeah, right. And that's why someone asked me today. They're like, "Well, maybe, maybe you know, we'll talk to him. He's come to his senses. He's learned a lot of the same things that I heard about forgiving Ralph Northam." Mm -hmm. And my thing to Mike Bloomberg specifically was, well, he's got the money to do everything right now. I need him to bail out right. every single person mm -hmm. in yeah. them New York City mm -hmm. jails. Can we talk mm -hmm. about reparations. Mm -hmm. He can afford. He can afford reparations. He can afford it. Where are they? Is it a part of his policy platform? Has he? Where is he aligned with the... The only thing I need to know is where this man mm -hmm. is lined up with the black the movement for black lives policy platform if you go to m4bl.org movement for black lives you go to their policy platform there's no guessing we don't have to, black women have worked hard to give you a prescription at the federal state and local level about how to make black futures better you read it you see what you can do to align with it, and you move on from there. There is a list of things you can do, and it is like that's where you start, and that's how you measure up your candidates. So, see? so let me ask this: so is that what he can do now, or he's supposed to do once he gets in office? Because everyone now, I feel like he can say anything. He can promise anything. anything. Right. So he can go to that website, mm -hmm. and he can promise all of that, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. that's what it seems like he's doing. I saw yeah. him put out a platform for. Yeah. Um, labor and you know uh, labor unions like he he's gonna say anything you're right right now he might not even know what his platform is it's just his people I'll are putting out anything because they know because mm -hmm. he runs a media platform yeah so I mean but you know talking let it, let's list some things that you all have heard about Bloomberg not being great so he just came out and said that well we, we found lots of clips right people are now right. vetting him mm -hmm. things are coming out one thing was like Obama being divisive about right. something. Um, we have a big problem in the world. I, th I would argue that today we are more segregated in America certainly than we were in terms of race than we were a dozen years ago. And yet we're just finishing up eight years with our first uh, black president. Why are we more separated than we were before? That is the question you've got to ask yourself. Uh, why during the Obama administration didn't we pull together? Well, I asked the president. That's his job, really, to pull people together. He basically, you know, blamed President Obama, the first black man to be president for racism. 
<laughs> being divisive, he blames President Obama because it's the president's job to bring the racists together. Okay. Um, so, and Bloomberg's going to do that. Okay, so that's that's one interesting critique of just his his own words, and then he's also the stop and frisk. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that, mm-hmm. as well as. A clip that was released about we have something called food stamps it's a long pro- no. name for what the program is but it's a program where you have to work to get food stamps what we found was there were a handful of people who signed up under different names and they were getting four and five times the amount that they were supposed to get which meant that we couldn't take care of some other people yeah. who really deserved it so what we did is we fingerprinted people so you could only register once. Ah. Now, there was a lot of yelling and screaming and saying, we're invading your personal space by looking at your fingerprints. Well, that may be, but you can't come to work for New York City unless we fingerprint you first. So it's not unreasonable to think that the beneficiaries of our program would get fingerprinted too. And we're just stopping people from breaking the law, which is hurting other people. Here, Bloomberg says putting fingerprints on social security cards would help control the nation's borders and give employers a way to check whether potential hires are legal citizens. The companies could just run it through a computer and if you're an undocumented illegal they just don't give you the job and you're not going to come here if you can't get a job. Oh just simple just get everybody's fingerprint and that's how we'll recognize people and give them if they need food stamps or if they um, have mixed status. That's how we'll identify them. And that just seems a little off to me for somebody to nonchalantly suggest that extracting and disposing people's privacy for for capitalist gain, because you know this in the technology that it has to take to even do that process is the real reason why it's being put forward in the first place, secondary to controlling the movement of black people and how we feed ourselves literally if it comes when it comes down to it and it's like the way that he's just glossing over it as if it's just common sense to him shows you how disconnected he is from even human existence for real for real because it's like when you have access to 82.8 billion dollars are you even like able to like relate to people as human anymore? Mm-hmm. It just I don't know like the fact that I as a person who bleeds and like just knows how hard it is to be human like i have a hard time believing that he is out here in the world having a regular regular experience that will be able to accurately inform the way that i need support to live my life the way that my neighbor and my sister need support to live their lives Mm -hmm. and the people of this country who live basic lives because of people like and beyond uh basic like people who are suffering because of the the reasons that he has 82.6 or $8 billion. You don't solve the problem, as the populists would argue, by taking things away from the rich. You solve the problem by giving opportunity to everybody and by creating jobs. And some of these things, I think some of the policies are misguided. I, for example, am not in favor, have never been in favor of raising the minimum wage. He's definitely disconnected from the regular person's experience. Mm-hmm. He's talked about um, uh, the policing issues. He's talked about now the access. He's bought elections. He's bought elections. He's talked One about... One election, let's be accurate. He bought his third term as... Um, mm-hmm. uh, city mayor city of New York. City mayor of New York City. Right. 
what happened is the New York City mayor has two terms, and he basically bought the city council people to create a new law and submitted a new piece of legislation to allow him for a third term. Mm-hmm. Um, and then afterwards changed it back so that, I mean, essentially now no one else could do it but him. So a lot of folks are talking about Trump not leaving office if he Blimey. leaves, if he loses. Right. But this man literally did that. Like he, he didn't even wow. lose. He just said, I'm going to break the rules. Right and stay there because I want to and just I mean these are the outrageous things that New Yorkers have been watching forever right so it's it's really interesting now that so many Virginians specifically black Virginians are just taking his word at it and taking a lot of his money Mm -hmm. and yes I believe that campaigners should get paid Mm -hmm. but what this type of money is doing to politics is going to actually be very detrimental to those same people in the long run. People don't understand what it's like to be in campaigning. Mm-hmm. It's always a temporary position. You don't right. have any, unless you're unionized, you don't have any worker protections oftentimes. And you are really just at the whelm mm-hmm. of your candidate who can mm-hmm. drop their election at any time right. and you be out of a job. Mm-hmm. Barely, be thankful if you get a week's pay, you know, mm-hmm. after it shuts down that day, mm-hmm. because a lot of times people are shutting down because they ran mm-hmm. out of money, you know. And um, while that's not the case for Bloomberg, and I'm not mm-hmm. sure what he's providing um, his uh, campaign people as far as stability and mm-hmm. like pensions and access to health care mm-hmm. and um, all of these things, I'm unsure. Mm-hmm. But like, campaigning is hard. And mm-hmm. so I don't want people to get into the process of like, blaming Mm -hmm. you know especially black women Mm -hmm. who are running his campaign because they have to feed their children Mm -hmm. i do think there is a larger onus on the young um funded by their parents or by you know just having access to money if they need it young white college men who are funding this campaign and running it and spending their energy and time in it Mm -hmm. because they do know what's best and they do know what it means to protect a racist system despite acting like they don't. And I think the onus really is on them to stop and find a different candidate because we have many progressive candidates out on this field, Mm -hmm. at least more than one, Mm -hmm. that can do so much better of a job than Trump and Bloomberg. Mm -hmm. And that's where you need to be focusing your attention because the last time I checked, Bloomberg has yet to win any of these... uh, These recent votes. He mm-hmm. where's where is he in New Ham in New Hampshire? Yeah. Right. And we also didn't mention the when he was spying on the Muslim population after nine eleven. Mm-hmm. So he's never apologized for that. Um, how women and groping and mm-hmm. there was a, a member that was a person that used to work for him that said that mm-hmm. they were pregnant mm-hmm. and she he told her to kill it. Right. Um, so there are just many instances that we're just not listening to and we're just ready to say, I Ignore. forgive you. We're ignoring Ignore. them, silencing them. The redlining. Oh, the redlining. Ta- I mean, basically saying, you know, why? And now you're saying, you know, my dad was telling me earlier, he has this thing where one million black people are going to buy a house. Well, how many black people are there in this country? Mm. 
you know, one million sounds big until right. It's not actually. Right. You yes. figure out it's what one percent of the population. I don't know what right. the numbers are actually. Yeah. Maybe right. like Google it, but like. And it, it might be a, even be a program of like you might own it now, but you won't be able to leave it to your kids. Right. Like, that's the kind of stuff that they're making now. Like these are the the devil in the details of the legislation that of these promises, which is why I don't trust any of them. You know, you'll know you have you've recently had an experience I've, to working make that very clear. on legislation with marijuana and this whole idea of what decrim is and then you look in the details and how awful it really is specifically for the people that have been adversely like a backdoor it is a backdoor scam just to get people like out the front door oh we're not arresting you but we'll find another way back into the criminal justice system so um before i let you all out of here i want to take a second to do what's your privilege now that it's like out of the bag that we're recording, uh, we have to do what's your privilege, which is where I invite my guests to identify part of their identity that they can see a privilege in and how they use it to disrupt the myth of white supremacy. Um, yeah, I know it's a loaded question, but we all have some type of privilege, yeah. and I think it's important for people to, to and how we that. use that privilege. Yeah, what okay. do you do with it, right? Okay. Not just what not just what you have, but what do you do with it too? Okay. Action oriented around here. Jasmine, you want to go first? I do. Um, my privilege is, you know, I, I I get really sappy when I'm around my friends often, and when I like reflect, and I'm like grateful to have people who really love and support me in my life, mm-hmm. uh, because I know so many people who don't have that. You know, I know moments in my life where I felt like I didn't have that, and like. Um, you know, I was telling you earlier, while I was the vehicle for this um, interesting uh, decision uh, to tell the truth to Michael Bloomberg, I have you as a, a role model of somebody who is, like, telling the truth on purpose. You, Jewel, uh, telling the truth when it's not convenient. And, you know, like, I've seen opportunities people have had to like uplift y'all's voices and, and they've bypassed on those opportunities probably even myself included you know and so like I think it's really important to like when you recognize you know the power that you have to use it to, as to the best of your abilities to make whatever change is possible because we're in really rough times right now you know and it's like really a uh <laughs> we don't really have that much time to think about being brave or like Mm. think about taking risks we just have to continue to take risks Mm. when we know it feels right because doing nothing is the only way they've gotten away this long you know they've gotten away with it this long so your Um, privilege is your network yeah yeah um art burton who really spoke to me before i went up there uh bulow swake i've spent a long week with some really dope comrades um i uh yeah richmond for all for sure Kristen as an individual just like throwing down for me all the time dr Kristen reed thank you dr Kristen reed gary broderick um whitney evans uh um joseph There are a lot of people. Stephanie, yeah, yeah. the list really is just Annalise. Annalise, yeah, so many people Alex. who either have modeled bravery or like supported me when I felt like the world was just like really heavy. Um, 
they are the only reasons that I'm able to like do the <laughs> questionable things that I do sometimes that I hope you know that somebody just sees it as a door or a window or an opportunity to see themselves as just a regular person doing some you know it doesn't it, it feels wilder in the aftermath aftermath than it does in the moment but you know when you have people who believe in you you know you have to take advantage of that. And I know that a lot of people, you know, I, I love so many people who never had that support and that opportunity. So I, that's what I do it for oftentimes. Joel, what's your privilege? Okay, I was thinking about this. And I think a part of it is like, how am I able to go ahead and do this stuff? So my privilege is I grew up in a household where a woman's voice mattered. Mm. And so we saw even men with like, you know, what does the wife say? What in it very mattered. And so I think that's why I'm able to uh, kind of throw caution to the wind when it comes to speaking out. And you talked earlier about like, you know, not having a fear. It just doesn't when I have my rants or <laughs> <laughs> my threads on Twitter. <laughs> At that moment, I just don't care. And it's not even, I'm not worried about how this might mm-hmm. affect. I know, we spend to get this truth on right mm-hmm. here. I have questions. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So it's not thinking because. Answers. Right. Because you're not going to. Yes. No, so that's all I do is I just ask questions. And I will also say a privilege is my network as well. So uh, having like a network that will take my thread and my rant and. Mm-hmm. retweet it to mm-hmm. theirs and they'll pick up on it so um and that means if they'll pick up on my thread i want them to pick up on others too yeah. and so that's how i use it you know if I, i'm not scared to speak so if you have something to say i'll say it mm. i'll say it the worst is a freedom that comes sometimes mm-hmm. from not being tied to somebody mm-hmm. so um yeah mm. say it again one more time <laughs> i forgot there's a freedom Oh, and um, being able to speak your truth because you're not tied to somebody. And do you feel Mm -hmm. like, you know, we don't get the benefit of being resourced oftentimes. um, But um, do you feel like having or being financed by a certain individual with a certain, uh, you know, clout or like, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. like when it comes up that, oh, it's just a donation. It doesn't mean Mm -hmm. much. You know, I know that maybe you're not going to sway their way and do what they want you to do. Right. But does it mean that you'll publicly criticize them? Do you right. feel like your truth is, like, also supported by not, you know, um, get by getting funding from the right places? Or, like, right. you know, is that how you feel? Yeah. So don't fund me if you're going to hinder me and put mm-hmm. me in a box of what I can do and what I can say. Mm-hmm. If you're funding me, you're doing it because you, quote, unquote, believe in me and what I am about. And if you know what I'm about... They know it's about speaking truth. Mm-hmm. So keep your check or please hop out, but do so in knowing and what you're hopping out. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when you take money from someone, you need to it, let them know. Mm-hmm. I People say, oh, well, so-and-so took money from this person. I said, but how did they vote? Mm-hmm. So-and-so did that person. But what have they said? If you're taking money from somebody that's willing to give it to you, mm-hmm. okay. But make sure that money does not impact your truth. I'm really thankful that you all uh, caught me recording and are okay with it. Yes. And are allowing 
the listeners to be a fly on the wall of a black women's conversation. Some black femme organizers here in central Virginia doing the work. So I am really grateful to have you two here. And I love both of you all. And um, make sure you all tune back in to Raise Capital. We're oh, on. How do they follow you? Oh, yeah. Uh, Joel Go. Jordan. Do they want to? Do you, yeah, oh, <laughs> you want to follow Joel. How can they follow you, Joel? Um, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, and that will be the T-H-E underscore B as in boy, K as in Katie. C as in Calypso. <laughs> Boy, Katie Calypso. I love it. <laughs> B-K-C. The B-K-C. The, the underscore B-K-C on Twitter. Okay. Or just find me on um, Chelsea's page. <laughs> and Jasmine? Um, richmondforall.com. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At Richmond for all. At Richmond for all. Thank you, ladies, so much for being here. Um, You're listening to Raise Capital. You can listen the second and fourth Wednesdays on WRIR. You can follow us on everything at Race Capital. Email us at racecapital at gmail.com. And don't forget that Patreon. Support these voices. Support the stories. Support the work. And we'll catch you next time here on Race Capital. Great job. I'm going to kill you. (laughs) I hate you. No, I love you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's I'm fine. I'm so clueless. Like, I just like walked through like, wait a minute. Good. And I said, well, what if you don't have to have a microphone inside of the thing?